Hello, it's so good to have you with us here at Leadership for Sustainability, the podcast for directors and managers who want to develop and lead sustainability initiatives that deliver results and make a real difference in the world. I'm Osbert Lancaster, longtime sustainability coach, consultant and trainer, and co-founder of Realize Earth. In this episode, we'll be exploring how to talk to colleagues about sustainability in ways that make it more likely they'll be interested and engaged and more open to supporting your initiative, whether as collaborators who are actively involved or as allies who support you when you really need their input. I want to start with a bit of history. Before I got into sustainability... I was working as an economic development consultant and then as a business advisor working with SMEs, small and medium-sized businesses. But I was passionate about sustainability and I was volunteering with a small NGO. And I wanted to bring together my experience with business with my interest in sustainability. And so I developed my first sustainability programme. And I was very lucky that I got some funding from WWF. I created this programme and started running running the pilot. And one of the first groups to take part in the pilot was the Green Team at a UK government department. We'll call it the Department of Red Tape. The morning after I delivered the first session, I got a phone call from Joe Bloggs, the department's environment manager. Hi Joe, how are you doing? And he replied, You have destroyed all the work I've done in the last three years to build up the green team. I felt sick. I listened, stomach churning, as he told me what he thought of me and my programme. Not surprisingly, I didn't continue running the programme with the Department of Red Tape. And... This is what I'd done. I'd told them about the damage we're causing to nature and to people. I talked about how we're heading for disaster. I talked about the need to transform the economy and society to turn things around. I thought I was inspiring them. I thought they'd want to be part of my programme to learn more about sustainability and how their organisation could be part of the solution. Joe Bloggs, the environment manager, was telling me I had done exactly the opposite. That was one of my worst experiences as a sustainability advocate and sustainability consultant. I learned a huge amount from that pilot, not just from that that particular episode with Department of Red Tape, but from that pilot uh, programme in general. And that really influenced my approach. And I want to share some of that approach that we've developed over the 20 years or so since then. So I want to start off by talking about the two big things I really got wrong in that programme. First, I completely ignored, I was oblivious to, the potential negative impact of the emotion that came from talking about these big challenges and these big problems. I assumed that people would be informed and inspired. Instead, I stimulated fear, despair and powerlessness. And the second thing I got wrong was 
I was really focused on telling them stuff. I was telling them stuff and not listening to them. I wasn't even creating any space to hear them and to listen to them. If I'd created the space for them to talk about what they thought about and felt about sustainability, I could have listened and I could have adapted the session on the fly if I'd had the skills to do so at the time, which I probably didn't. Instead, I had my presentation, I ignored signals from body language and so on, and just ploughed ahead with my presentation. It's not a great deal of comfort to know that I wasn't the only one talking about sustainability like this back in those days. Because at that point, we're talking turn of the century here, Back then, the main way NGOs and campaigners communicated about environmental issues was reeling off scary facts about the scale of the damage that we're causing in the world and the overwhelming size of the challenge we face to turn things around. Those facts need to be talked about, but done badly, it puts people off. They feel overwhelmed and they feel powerless. And... As a result of that being the main way that people were talking about climate change and sustainability back in those days, as a result, communicating about climate and sustainability by engaging any emotional response got a bad reputation. And when it came to communicating with business audiences about sustainability and climate, the focus really shifted to talk about the business case to talk about the benefits for the organisation to tackling sustainability. But there are real problems with this approach. Unsustainable opportunities are still there and they remain tempting if sustainability for its own sake isn't the primary driver. And secondly, a lot of the business case really drives good practice, which is a good thing, but we need ambition far beyond good practice. I talked more about this in episode two of the season. The reason these problems arise is that information by itself really just is not a good motivator. We need to touch people's emotions to engage and inspire them around sustainability. The big question is how to work with emotions to engage people with sustainability when so many of the facts are truly terrifying. And there's a third problem here. If you downplay the scale of the problem and the challenge, you risk being seen as inauthentic and untrustworthy. For all these reasons, communicating about sustainability and climate change needs to be done with care. At least if you're communicating in writing, you can take your time to think and to plan. But when you're talking about sustainability, you have to think on your feet. And conversations about sustainability can feel especially challenging for a number of reasons. You can get all kinds of pushback just from introducing the topic of sustainability. Some people may feel it's an inappropriate issue to introduce into a professional context if it's not part of the culture. You might fear that you're actually going to be up against a, a climate denier and that's going to like unleash all this stuff that you're going to have to deal with. Bringing up the topic of sustainability and climate and environment can lead to all kinds of, well, you might fear at least, all kinds of rants about cyclists and protesters. You might fear that it's going to open the floodgates 
of despair and hopelessness. And you might also fear being able to deal with and respond to difficult questions that people might bring up. On the other hand, different sort of problem is that if you are actually really knowledgeable about sustainability and climate and that sort of stuff, and you're really confident, you actually risk just spending your time answering questions and giving facts, which, as I just said, don't engage people, rather than connecting with their emotions in ways which inspire them. Luckily, since the time I was working on that first sustainability programme, there's been a huge amount of work by academics and NGOs to develop better ways of communicating about sustainability and climate change. One NGO which has done a lot of work in this area is called Climate Outreach. I found their work really helpful. I've drawn on it as I've developed my sustainability programmes, workshops, consulting and coaching. And I want to particularly point you to a great guide they produced. It's called The Talking Climate Handbook. How to have conversations about climate change in your daily life. And it applies equally to sustainability as well as to climate change. It doesn't specifically talk about conversations at work, but it's really useful to sort of lay the ground for doing so. Really encourage you to read it. I'll put the link in the, in the show notes, which you will find as ever at realize.earth slash 104. And that's realize with an S for our North American friends. So I want to pick out some key points from Climate Outreach's guidance about talking about climate. The first thing I want to pick out is what they say about respecting your conversational partner and finding common ground with them. If you find what you have in common, it's easier for you to show your sense of respect and you understand their concerns and their priorities and their values. The second thing is to enjoy the conversation. If you enjoy it yourself, you're more likely to be authentically engaged and to connect in an authentic way with the person you're talking to. And that'll make them feel more positive about the conversation as well. And the third thing they talk about is asking questions. And the purpose of asking these questions is also to give you the opportunity to do the fourth thing they talk about, to listen and show that you've heard. The more you can genuinely listen to what that other person is really trying to say, the richer and deeper the conversation will be. And Climate Outreach also encourage you to, to tell your story, because what's important is not what you know about climate change or sustainability. It's your story as well about how you became involved, why it concerns you, why you, why you feel it's important to you as a person, not just in a professional context. And they also really emphasise the importance of learning from the conversation. So it's an opportunity for you to learn more about how other people think about climate change and sustainability and to learn about how to have really good conversations. So those, there's a huge amount more in that guide. I really encourage you to read it. However, like most of the guidance that's available about how do you engage people with emotions around sustainability. Most of it is aimed at professional communicators and people in NGOs designing communication campaigns aimed at the general public. So while there's a lot to learn from that, I want to share with you some of the approach that we've developed to engage people with sustainability at work. I'd like to take a moment just now to let you know about our next event. If you've been listening for a while, You'll know that most people are concerned about climate change and would like to make more sustainable choices in their lives. 
Despite this open door, most business sustainability initiatives fail to engage staff, and as a result, they miss their targets. The reason is that most initiatives don't pay enough attention to what genuinely motivates colleagues, nor do they recognise the barriers that hold back even the most highly motivated employees from taking action. On Wednesday the 22nd of May, join me and Jamie, the creator of the Most Sustainable Workplace Index, and learn how the index can help you tap into and unlock most employees' latent motivation to do the right thing for people and planet. You'll discover how the index can help you to gather hard evidence of what's working and what needs attention across locations and divisions and seniority levels. You'll identify the focus areas where the sustainability team, L&D, HR and so on should allocate time and resources to make the most progress. And you'll discover how you can demonstrate year-on-year -year progress with consistent and comparable data on sustainability culture. And you can use that for action planning, reporting, benchmarking and accreditation. Do join us on Wednesday the 22nd of May. You'll find the link in the show notes. Our approach to engaging people with sustainability at work is based on three insights from our own practice and what we've learned from others and what we've learned from academic research and elsewhere. The first thing I really want to emphasise, and I've probably said this in every single episode because it's so important and it's fundamental to engaging people with sustainability, and that is people do care. Most people do genuinely care about sustainability. They may not use that language, but they care, and most people would like to do something about nature, climate, sustainability, helping other people, whatever you want to call it. But if they don't feel they can do anything worthwhile, that can lead to a sense of despair and powerlessness as well. So even if they care and they want to do something, but if they don't feel what they can do will make a difference, it's not a good place to be. The second insight I want to share is that people not only want to do something themselves, but they really, really want to see other people, businesses and governments taking action. And if they don't believe that enough of these groups are taking meaningful action, their response whether that's conscious or unconscious, will be, well, what is the point of me doing anything? If no one else is doing anything, why should I bother? Because it won't make a difference anyway. And, and that then leads to them just like putting their head down and getting on with their own life. If we flip those things around, people are more likely to... People are more likely to take action, including getting involved with your sustainability initiative if these three things are in place. First, they see that other people care about these issues and are also up for taking action. Secondly, they see that there are businesses, organisations and governments that are taking sustainability seriously. And thirdly, that they are able to do things that they believe will actually make a difference. So those are the principles underlying our approach. What are the steps you actually have to take to put it into practice? There are three. Listening, sense-making and inviting. So step one is listening. Gathering information about the people you're talking with and understanding their concerns and their interests. The second one is sense-making. Making sense 
of all of that information, making sense of the issues that they care about, of their concerns and their worries, making sense of what's important to them. And the third is inviting. Inviting them on a next step in a way which feels right to them and meets their needs. We apply this approach in many different contexts to engage people with sustainability. We often use it as the initial phase of a consulting project to interview key staff and stakeholders. And we also use it when we're designing and delivering workshops to involve people from across an organisation. And we'll go into how you can do that in future episodes. But what I want to do right now is help you apply this approach so that you can have informal one-to-one conversations with colleagues about sustainability. The most important thing to bear in mind here I've given you so many important things to bear in mind, we'll sum it up later. But one of the most important things to bear in mind here is that your first aim here really is about starting the conversation, getting people comfortable with talking about sustainability and open to continuing that conversation. So starting conversations and leaving people open to continuing the conversation is probably your primary aim. So Step one is listening. How do you actually do that? So you start off with a few questions to build rapport and find some of that common interest around sustainability. And all the time, you want to be asking open questions so that you can learn more about what they care about and why they care about things. And you want to find out about their personal interests and their concerns. So don't be shy about asking follow-up questions. So so why do you think that? Why, you know, why, do you, why do you feel that's important? Stuff like that. Open questions all the time. And most importantly, listen so that you can hear what matters to them and what they need. And what do I mean by that? So the things that matter to them, you want to be listening out to the things that matter to them, the things they care about. For example, you may hear that they're concerned about flooding in the local area. Or you may discover that outside work, they sit on the board of a local nature charity that works with farmers. Or you may discover that they're a keen skier and they've noticed the loss of snow in the Alps. Those are real life issues that they care about and they can potentially give you opportunities to go deeper into why they care about them and why they matter to them. And then you can build on that later on in the conversation. You also want to be listening out for what they need. So it's quite likely then they won't be saying what they need out loud, but listening between the lines. You may hear, for example, that they would like to improve their knowledge about some aspect of sustainability, or that they aren't aware of what some businesses are already doing, or that they don't believe that anything they do will make a difference. So just to remind you, you want to be hearing those things, noting them, you might want to reflect them back and say, oh, is that something you're interested in? But you're not, you don't want to be sort of like jumping right in and just giving them answers and information right away. At this stage, you're gathering information. You want to be hearing what they need, keeping a mental note of that so that you can work with it later. So now we move on to step two. And step two is sense making. In the previous step, you've heard what you think matters to them and what you think they need. And you can reflect that back to them to to check that you've heard it correctly. And then you want to start gently shifting the conversation to start exploring connections between the issues that they're concerned about and different aspects of sustainability. 
that may happen really naturally, or you may need to think quite hard to make those sort of jumps, generally by asking questions. So for example, are there connections between the local floods they're concerned about and the projects their charity is working on? Might be a question you could ask them to start them making those, making those connections, thinking about these things. For the person who's a keen skier, who's noticed that snow cover in the Alps has changed significantly in recent years, for them, there's maybe questions about how is the loss of snow affecting nature in the Alps? Is the lack of snow melt in the summer causing drought for farmers in the area? So again, what are the opportunities to go deeper and make sense of these issues, how they connect together? And if it feels natural, you might want to start exploring some of the connections between the issues that they're concerned about and your organization's supply chain, its operations and its customers, its products and services. Are some of your suppliers at risk of flooding? Your offices were unbearable in the 2022 heat wave. What will you do if it happens again? Have customers been asking about your sustainability and climate plans? And step three. Step three is about inviting. And think about inviting as a really broad concept. The idea is that you're inviting them to continue the conversation in some way. And you're most likely to be successful if your invitation picks up on an issue that they are emotionally engaged with, something you've discovered that they care about, or something that would help them meet a need that they've expressed. And it could be as simple as, you said you wanted to know more about climate change and skiing. I saw a great article about that. Shall I send it to you? Or it could be something more formal. We're looking at developing a biodiversity plan for the estate. Your experience with your nature charity would be really helpful. It would be great if you could come to the next planning meeting. Or indeed, it might be that you could offer your support to them. Your idea about X is really interesting. How can I help? So there are your three steps. Listening, making sense and inviting. In an informal conversation, rather than an interview in a consultancy project, these steps will likely be a bit mixed up. But as I said before, the most important aspect is the listening stage. And it may be that's all you have time for, or you may want to have a bit of time to think before your next step. But even if the listening stage is all that you can do, you've made great progress. Hopefully your colleague feels listened to. You've started making it normal to talk about sustainability in ways that engage people emotionally. And you've opened the door to further conversations including future invitations to be involved with or to support the development and delivery of your organization's sustainability strategy or initiative. So we're heading to the end of this episode. And as usual, what I'd like to do is to leave you with some action that you can take. So the invitation this week is to talk with your potential collaborators and allies. It might be helpful to take it in stages. And I'll put full details about this on the show notes, which you'll find at realize.earth slash 104. And that's realize with an S. So the first thing I suggest you do is to practice listening in your conversations about sustainability. So have a look at the Talking Climate Handbook and follow its advice to bring sustainability into your conversations at work and elsewhere. Just take every opportunity where it feels right to do that. This will help you develop the necessary skills and build your confidence. The second step is to prepare for those conversations. So 
In a previous episode, I invited you to make a list of your potential collaborators and allies. Now's the time to start using that list. So for each person, add notes about things that could help you have interesting conversations with them and that would potentially lead into talking about aspects of sustainability. So for example, their interests and their hobbies, previous work experience that might be relevant, recent developments related to sustainability that might be relevant to their job. And now you're ready to have those conversations with your potential collaborators and allies using those three steps of listening, sense-making and inviting. In the next episodes, I'll be talking about how you can use those three steps in other ways. In particular, how you can use them as part of a more formal set of interviews around sustainability and developing a sustainability initiative and also how you can use them to structure and run workshops where you're bringing colleagues together with the hope of engaging and involving them in your sustainability initiative. We're a brand new podcast and we're keen to grow our audience so we can help as many people as possible lead and deliver sustainability initiatives in their organisations. If you know someone who you think would be interested in this podcast, please do share it with them. Word of mouth is so powerful. That's all for this week. Bye for now. And don't forget, leadership for sustainability is so important now more than ever. Keep up the good work and make sure to look after yourself.